Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clausen. Today we will be discussing chapter 10, which is also the final chapter of the book. So if you have stuck throughout from beginning to end, I thank you. And I hope you've learned something. I've certainly learned a lot. Um, this, this chapter is titled The Luckiest Man in Babylon. In this case, the luckiest man is Sharunada, a merchant prince of Babylon, who is on his way to uh, Babylon via Damascus. He's traveling with his caravan convoy um, through the desert. He's accompanied by a youth by the name of Hadan Gula, who is the son of his partner, his, pa his partner merchant named Arad Gula. Um, now, Sharad Gula specifically, uh, sorry, Sharunada specifically um, called upon uh, Hadan Gula to accompany him in the uh, journey because he wanted to teach the youth some important lessons, not just on, uh, on how to become a good merchant or not, not just on money, but also on life. He noticed that this youth and his father um, have, are both expending their wealth to the very limits. They're wearing uh, fancy robes, they eat lavish meals, they adorn themselves with fancy jewels on their fingers, their, their wardrobe, their faces, everywhere. Um, and he wanted to use this opportunity to teach the youth certain ways or certain wise uh, uh, ways to better accustom yourself into the world of today and not be so, uh, and not have an attitude that the world owes you something. And through this journey, he wanted to teach this lesson as a repayment of debt in a way to his own friend, Arad Kula. Now, as they were on this journey, Sharunada was asked by, by the youth and I will refer to them as the youth and, and the merchant uh, so that it's easier for us to place where uh, these people are, at least in the conversation and the journey. He was asked, why do you work so hard? Why do you spend so much time on the caravan riding along the desert? Why don't you take a moment to enjoy life? If I was you, I would spend my whole time um, I would spend my whole time just enjoying the luxuries of life. I wouldn't spend all this time riding upon camels in the hot desert. I would spend the shekels as fast as I, it came to my purse. I would wear the richest of robes and the rarest of jewels. That would be life to my liking, a life worth living. He says, the, that my, I understand your point, but you should remember that your grandfather wore no jewels. He did not want to, he did not scoff at work and expect work to accrue to him money. He would work for the sake of working. And the youth scoffed and said, huh, work is for slaves. It's not for people like me. Sharunada bit his lip. He made no reply, riding in silence until the trail led him to the slope. He remembered those words and thought that this attitude needs to be changed. And again, we see this attitude with, with youth of, of the world, no matter which city, country they live in, where they all expect that something is owed to them, but nothing in reality is ever owed to anyone, no matter how rich, poor they are, which city, country they live in. Everything has to be earned and earned through work. And as they were going, they saw 
the city of Babylon in the distance. And the youth said, oh, that is Babylon, the wealthiest city in the world. Babylon, where my grandfather started his fortune. Would he be still alive today? If he, if he was still alive today, we wouldn't be in this condition where we had to depend on his inheritance for our wealth. And he said, and, and, and the merchant replied saying, why wish his spirit to linger on earth beyond its allotted time? You and your father can carry on the good work. Huh. The youth said, none of us has a gift. Father and myself know not his secret for attracting the golden shekels. Now he, he knew the predicament of these children, knew that they had a goal in order to become rich and wealthy, but did not know the way in which they would do it because they never thought that, at least the youth never thought of himself as being capable of knowing something in order to get wealth to accrue to him. And he decided, let me think of a plan in order to teach them, or teach this youth an important lesson. Now, while he was thinking, he saw a patch of land where a few workers were plowing a field. And he said that huh, 40 years ago, these people were plowing the field just as they are today. And, and they're doing the same all these years later. He looks to them and he points and he said that, and he tells the youth, look at these people plowing the fields. Right now we sit atop camels. We carry a caravan with us with jewels that is just a part of the entire wealth that we own. We certainly own, own so much more than this. Yet there was a time when I, looking upon these men, were enviable. Enviable of the position they were in. Enviable to a point where I would happily trade anything that I owned in order to receive what they are receiving, in order to be in their position, plowing through the field. And he, and in this, he saw and he thought, that this deceitful, distrustful picture of the youth must be erased. And how he thought, let me come up with a plan. Let me recite a story of my own youth in order to make the child or the youth understand why hard work is so important. Because work, he said, could be given to anybody. I can give this youth a way to work out his problems by working for me, but there is little to do with a man who thinks they are too good for work. Work needs to be something that you do on your own is what Sharunada, the merchant thought. And with this, he asked the youth a question. Would you be interested in hearing how thy worthy grandfather and myself joined in partnership, which would prove so profitable? The youth scoffed and replied saying, why not just tell me how you made the gold shekels and how you made it continuously accrue to you. That would be enough. I do not want to hear about this entire story. Sharunada ignored the reply and continued. We start with those men plowing. I was no older than you as the column of men which I marched approached a man named Megiddo, the farmer. Megiddo was chained next to me. Look at the lazy fellows, he protested. The plow holder makes no effort to plow deeper, nor do the beaters keep the oxen in the furrow. How can they expect to raise a good crop? With us, there was a third man named Zabado. We did not know his real name for a very long time when he was associated with us, but we did see a sort of marking on his body because of which we called him Pirate. 
and he did not tell us his name either so we needed something to call him by and all this talk of chains and plowing and being akin to a slave made the youth asked him were you chain or were you a slave he, he did did he, the merchant replied saying did your grandfather not tell you about this how how he met me that i was a slave he said no he he didn't mention this particularly he mentioned about your deeds he mentioned about how you helped in the business but he never said your origin of where you were or that you were a slave he said i was it was the gaming house or gambling as we uh, saw in the previous episode it was a gaming house in bali beer that brought me the disaster and brought me down to my knees as a slave i was the victim of my brother's indiscretions said the merchant in a brawl my brother killed his friend i was bonded to the widow by my fatia desperate to keep my brother from being prosecuted under the law when my father could not raise the silver to free me i was sold to a slave dealer now a footnote in this um in the chapter reads that in ancient babylon many of the walls the temples and all 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 of the monuments were built by slave labor and these slaves were not just prisoners of war but people who had to finance a financial debt if they were unable to pay it what would happen is they were put in prison and their loved ones their family members their friends were bonded if they weren't able if the if the if the transgressor the person who committed the fraud the person who was indebted the person who could not pay the money back did not pay the money back he was put in prison and the person who was bonded was made to become a slave in order to pay back that money that that his transgressor had eventually taken in the same way sharunada was bonded and because his brother could not pay the money his father could not pay the money rather and his brother was in prison he was sold as a slave what a shame and injustice adan gula protested but tell me how did you regain your freedom as we passed the plowers jeered at us when i entered the city the plowers were the same 40 years ago and we entered as slaves myself megido and zabado the pirate we entered this 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 great city of babylon chained together as slaves and these plowers who were free men but were still working hard labor they jeered at us calling out welcome to babylon guests of the king he waits for thee on the city walls where the banquet is spread mud bricks and onion soup with that they laughed uproariously pirate zabado flew into the rage and cursed them what do these men mean by the king is awaiting us to the city to the city walls you are marching to carry bricks until the back breaks make them beat thee to death before it breaks slaves as well as the footnote read were made to build walls but it was not just that slaves were also sold to other merchants within the city private merchants who wanted them for private enterprises the worst of the worst however was being contracted to the king to the state megido who was an integ- integral man spoke up and said it doesn't make sense to me to talk of masters beating willing hard working slaves masters like good slaves and treat them well sabhado was was a rash brash man he said who wants to work hard these plowers are wise fellows they're not breaking their backs just letting on as it be megido replied 
thou can thou can't get ahead by shirking if thou plow a hectare that's a good day's work and any master knows it but when thou plow only a half that's shirking i don't shirk i like to work and i like to do good work for work is the best friend i've ever known sabado said huh, and where have these things got you i figure it pays better to be smart and get without working you watch me if we're sold to the walls of the king i'll be carrying the water bag or some easy job when thou thou like to work will be breaking thy back carrying thy bricks now this conversation between hard work and being lazy distressed sharunada the merchant or the eventual merchant and he wanted to know how can i prove to be a hard worker but not have to break my back this was the dilemma that he was contemplating so that night before they were they would head into the city he spoke to a man named godoso who was a guard on duty in the night for the slaves he he told them, he asked godoso tell me when we get to babylon will we be sold to the walls by walls he means to the kings of the state in order to build the walls he whispered back godoso whispered back telling him thou good fellow give godoso no trouble most times we go to slave market first meaning all the slaves are first taken to the slave market in order to be sold to private merchants who need slaves for whatever their occupation is to help them in whatever way possible and those men that do not impress the individual slave owners are eventually sold to the state or to the king in order to build the walls the monuments etc and this is what will eventually break your back he heard this he lay in the warm sand looking up at the stars sharunada did and thinking about working what if what megido had said about work being his best friend made make made him wonder if it would indeed be my best friend certainly it would be if it helped out he said work can get you out of trouble now in this conversation when megido awoke he said he whispered his good news that the first place we are going is not to be sold to the king in order to work on the walls but to be sold probably be sold if we impress to independent private merchants and if we impress them even more that is something i mean we can definitely work hard out of that and we do not need to break our backs but work we must the greatest number were carrying the bricks in the large baskets up those steps steep trails to the masons a large number of men were breaking their backs overseers cursed the laggards and cracked bullock whips upon the backs of those who failed to keep in line so poor was the condition such such barren were their were their backs so scarred was was their skin that these men were unable to rise carrying upon the weights that they were given in fact if if the lash failed to bring them to their feet they were pushed to the side of the paths and left writhing in agony soon they would be dragged down to join other craven bodies besides the roadway to await unsanctified graves the 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 slaves who couldn't handle the pressure of building the walls would eventually die the slave dealer brought soldiers from the king's guards who shackled pirate and brutally beat him when he protested pirate was protesting at the start 
of of the of the sort of auction or the sale of all these slaves um because he he said that he would not work for any master there and immediately the guards took him and started making him work for on for the walls megido and sharunada were watching and thought probably this is the last time we would ever see zabardo the pirate alive if ever megido said he would soon part he would soon be bought he said some men hate work they make it their enemy better to treat it like a friend than make it and make thyself like it don't mind because it's hard if thou thinkest what a good house thou build then who cares if the beams are heavy who cares if the well if you have to walk long distances to carry the water from the well for the plaster he looks down at charunada addressing him saying promise me boy if thou get a master work for him as hard as thou can if he does not appreciate all thou do never mind remember work well done does good to the man who does it at noon on the same day kodoso the guard confided to sharunada that listen the slave master is getting sick and tired that none of these slaves are getting paid what he has decided is to not come back the next day and instead and instead send the rest of the slaves who are unbought directly to the king and make do with whatever little money he gets now he was desperate with fear was sharunada and he really needed to be sold into to a prospective private buyer and he did not want to seal his fate onto the walls of babylon so then a good natured fat man walked to the walls and inquired if there was a baker among us charunada immediately approached him with confidence and said what would a good baker like thyself seek another baker of in- inferior ways after all we're all slaves would it not be easier to teach a willing man like myself thy skilled way look at me i am young strong and like to work give me a chance and i will do my best to earn gold and 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 slave for thy purse he was impressed with my willingness he was impressed by my willingness and began bargaining with the dealer who had never even noticed me there i felt like a fat ox being sold to a butcher i felt like a fat ox being sold to the butcher at last much to my joy the deal was closed i followed my new master the baker thinking i was the luckiest man in babylon my new home was much to my liking that sharunada his master was named nana naid and he taught him how to grind the barley in the stone bowl how to build the fire in the oven and how to grind very fine the sesame flour for the honey cakes he met the old slave housekeeper named swasti who fed me well and was pleased at the way i helped her with heavy tasks here was the chance he said to himself i had hoped for to make myself valuable to my master and i hope to find a way to earn my freedom i asked nana naid to show me how to knead the bread how, how to bake then he said then he, this he did which pleased at my willingness later i realized i could do this really well and i could make honey cakes at will and soon i was doing all the baking baking my master was glad to be idle i felt for the first time i felt it was time for me to think of a way by which i could start earning coins for myself not just for my master in order to secure my freedom so he hatched a plan he said that 
I would make honey cakes in excess of what the baker already sold at his own uh, bakery and would take these extra honey cakes, go into the streets of Babylon and sell these cakes for, for an additional source of income to myself, for myself and as well as for the baker. He presented Nana Nayad, his, his, his master with the plan. He said, if I can use my afternoons, which you generally grant me as, as free time, after, ba- after the baking is finished to earn for thee coins, would it only be fair for thee to share my earnings with me, that I might have money of my own to spend for things, things that every man desires? Fair enough, he said. Here is what we will do. Thou sell them at two for a penny. So you receive a penny for two, half penny for one. Then half of the pennies will be mine to pay for the flour and the honey and the wood to bake them. Of the rest, I will take half and thou shalt keep half. So 50% goes for raw materials. 25% is for myself because I am your master. Therefore, I get to keep him. 25% you get to keep as a slave for actually making the money. Sharunada looked at this proposal and thought that I'm getting to keep one fourth of everything I, I, I make and earn. That's fine. That is good enough for me. And that is good enough as far as any slave is concerned. Nananayad was well pleased with the plan and allowed him to go forth. The next day, I baked an extra supply of honey cakes that looked brown and tempting. At first, in the morning, in the early afternoon, nobody came. But late into the afternoon, when everybody was hungry, many did flock to my venture. And all the honey cakes that I went into the market with was sold. Nananayad was pleased with my success and I was delighted. He looked, he thought to himself and said, Megiddo had been right when he said a master appreciated good work even when done for his slaves. The next day as I set forth with my, with my cakes, I soon found regular customers. One of these was none, none other than a man named Arad Kula. He was a rug merchant and sold to housewives going from one end of the city to the other, accompanied by a donkey loaded high with rugs and another slave with him. He would buy two cakes for himself and two for his slave, always staring to talk with me along. He was a good-natured man. Your grandfather, he was addressing the youth as he said this, said something to me one day that I shall always remember. I like thy cakes, but better still, I like the fine enterprise with which thou offerest them. Such spirit can carry thee very far on the road to success. Spirit matters. But how, but you can't understand this young Hadankula, what such words of encouragements would mean to a slave, especially someone who does not have any money and who's trying to earn something for himself. Work was proving to me my best friend, just as Megiddo has said, I was happy, but Swasti, the slave master, was worried. He said, thy master, I fear to have him spend so much time in the gaming house, especially because he's sitting idle. You do all the work. You are managing the bakery. You are baking all the cakes. You're also selling extra cakes and giving him extra income. He has no reason to work. He's idle and spending all his time in the gambling house. This was displeasing to Sharunada, but he thought he should just concentrate on this early venture that he's already started. Work is helping me recover from my great trouble. Someday it will help me buy my freedom and once more own a farm of my own.
Time went on and Nala Nayad became more and more anxious for me to return from selling. He would be waiting when I returned and would eagerly count and divide our money. He would also urge me to seek further markets and increase my sales. He wanted more money perhaps because this was a gambling addiction and a source for him to fulfill the same. Often I went outside the city gates to solicit the overseers of the slaves. I hated to return to on disagreeable sites, but found the overseers liberal buyers. One day, to my surprise, I saw Zabado the pirate waiting in line to fill his basket with bricks. He was gaunt and bent, and his back was covered with belts. I was sorry for him and handed him a cake, which he snapped up. And I ran before, seeing the greedy look in his eyes, I ran before he could grab any. I went back into the market, my regular spot, where I was greeted by Aradkula, who asked me a very important question, which is not just important for the setting in which we're in, but also important for anything that you ever do in, in life, whether it's work hard for an exam, a career, work hard for a job, even work hard in the gym. Um, Aradkula asked him a very, very pertinent question saying, why do you work so hard? Almost the same question thou asked me today. Do you remember? And you said, why do you work so hard going around the desert in your caravan? I told him what Megiddo has said to me about work. The same thing I told you and how it was proving to be my best friend. I showed him with pride my wallet of pennies and explained how I was saving them to buy freedom. When thou art free, what will you do? Asked Arad Kula. Then I answered, I intend to become a merchant. At that, he confided in me, something I never suspected. Thou knowest not that I, I also am a slave. I am in partnership with my master, said Aradkula. Immediately, the youth stop, said, stop, in an ardent voice. I would not listen to lies defaming my father. He was no slave. Sharunada remained calm and said, I honor him for rising above his misfortune and becoming a leading citizen of Damascus. Art thou his grandson cast of the same mold? Are you man enough to face true facts or do you prefer to live under false illusions? Hadan Gulas replied saying, my grandfather was beloved by all. When the famine came, did he not buy his gold? Uh, did he not buy grain in Egypt for all the members? Did he not bring his caravan back to Damascus and distribute even more grain to the people here? Now thou sayest he was a despised slave in Babylon? Had he remained a slave, replied Sharunada, then he might well have been despised. But when, through his own efforts, he became a great man in Damascus, the gods indeed condoned his misfortunes and honored him with their respect. Sharunada replied, saying, Now that he had enough money to buy his, by this he was much disturbed to do what he should. He was no longer making good sales and feared to leave the support of his master. He let good work get the better of him, said Sharunada about Aradkula. After telling me he was a slave, he explained how anxious he had been to earn his freedom. But now, as he was earning good money, he, he was reluctant in order to work because he thought that, why not just quit this? Why not not, why not, not take the risk of, of splitting from the master? and instead starting your own enterprise. Why to take such a risk? Instead, live the same. 
and accrue the same amount of money. I protested to him at his indecision and said with firm, with a firm voice, cling no longer to thy master. Get once again the feeling of being a free man. Act like a free man and succeed like one. Decide what thou desire to accomplish and then work with aid, will aid thee to achieve it. He went on his way saying he was glad I had shamed him for cowardice. One day I went outside the gates again and was surprised to find a great crowd gathering there. When I asked a man for an explanation, he said, an escaped slave who murdered one of the king's guards is going to be flogged today. That is why a lot of crowd is gathered waiting for the king himself to come and see the flogging of this slave. Sharunara could not see who the slave was because there were so many people there, but he did want to behold, he did want to be, bear witness to this fairly ugly sight. He stood atop a wall with his honey cakes in hand in order to see, but he couldn't recognize the slave, couldn't even see anyone. The only person he could see fairly clearly was the king and was quite disturbed by the fact that the king was taking great pleasure in the flogging of the slave. As, as the man was flogged and eventually died, the crowd dispersed. He went closer. He saw his body hung upon a pole rope attached to his leg so all might see. As the crowd began to thin on the hairy chest, I saw the tattooed two intertwined serpents. It was pirates. It was pirate. The next time, the last time I saw pirate was, was being, he was being scoffed away by the king's guards. He eventually did rebel, murder one of the guards of the kings. And this was his fate. This was the fate, not just of himself, but of a lot of people who despise work. Eventually, eventually luck catches up to them. The next time I met Arad Kula, he was a changed man, full of enthusiasm. He greeted me. Behold the slave thou knewest now as a free man. There was a magic in thy words. Already my sales and my profits are increasing. My wife is a free woman. She was a free woman the niece of my master. She much desires that we move to a strange city where no man shall know I was once a slave. Charunada said, I am overjoyed and that I had even been a small way responsible for helping you. And with that, he went back to his bakery, full of pleasure and happiness that his friend Arad Kula had managed to eventually become a free man. But Good news did not approach him when he re reached back home. That evening, Swasti came to me in deep distress. Thy master is in trouble. I fear for him. Some months ago, he lost much of the gambling tables. He pays not the farmer for his grain, not his honey. He pays not the money lender. They are angry with him. Why should we worry for his folly, said Sharunada? We are not his keepers. Swasti replies, replied saying, foolish youth, you do not understand. You are the collateral because you are a slave owned by your master. If the money lender did, does not secure the money from the baker, you will be given to the money lender in exchange to repay his debt. That is how the law works. Nor were Swasti's fears groundless that Sharunada. While I was doing the baking next morning, the money lender returned with a man called Sasi. The man looked at me over and said I would do. 
moneylender waited not for my master to return and told swasti to tell him he had taken me with that i left the bakery never to see it again i was whirled away from my dearest hopes as the hurricane snatches the tree from the forest and casts it into the surging sea again once again a gaming house and bali beer had caused me disaster he told him i like i like to work i really do and i would do any work that the master seeks of me if there is any way i could do more than my fair share please tell me he said sasi the housekeeper the master of slaves but as luck would have it he went from the bakery a place where he loved a place where he was earning his own money selling honey cakes in the afternoon to the place where he dreaded the place he wanted to avoid he said he was sent to build a section of the king's great canal adjoining the wall master tells sasi to buy more slaves work hard and finish quick bah how can a man finish a job quick even if you do want to work hard or harder than the rest <laughs> this job is not one you will finish quickly picture a desert with not a tree just low shrubs and a sun burst burning with such fury the water in our barrels becomes so hot we could scarcely drink it we had no tents no straw for beds this was the situation in which i found myself i buried my wallet in a marked spot with all my pennies in it wondering if i could ever dig it up again at first i worked with goodwill but as the months dragged on my spirit was breaking then i remembered my last sight of megido his hands were deeply calloused from hard work but his heart was light and there was happiness on his on his face working hard was the best plan yet i was just as willing to work as mikido why did i why did my work not give me happiness why did his work give him happiness and why did my work in the bakery give me even more happiness was it because i had the freedom to do a little bit more to earn my own money to have a goal in order to secure my own my own freedom but distress caught up to him he asked himself was i to work the rest of my life without gaining my desires without happiness and success without the quest for freedom all of these questions were jumbled in my mind and i had not an answer indeed i was sorely confused i was on the brink of giving up several days later when it seemed that i was at the end of my endurance and all my questions were still un- unanswered sasi sent for me a messenger had come from my master to take me back to babylon i dug up my precious wallet wrapped around wrapped myself in tattered remnants of my robe and was on my way as we rode the same thoughts of a hurricane whirling me hither and thither kept racing towards my feverish brain i seemed to be living the weird chants of a uh, weird words of a chant from my native town the chant read besetting a man like a whirlwind driving him like a storm whose course no one can foliate whose destiny no one can foretell he was caught between neither here nor there he did not know what fate had in store for him all he knew that was that he was on the brink of giving up and hard work is was always important to him as mikido had entrusted upon him but can he survive he was unsure where the journey would lead him to was i destined to be ever thus punished for i knew not not what what new mis Mis- my miseries and disappointments awaited me 
when we rode to the courtyard of my master's house imagine my surprise when i saw your grandfather my friend who i thought was free who told me he was going to leave babylon for another town aradkula waiting for me he helped me down and hugged me like a long lost brother as we went our way i would have followed him like a slave would follow a master teetering in front but he would not permit me he put his arm around me saying i hunted everywhere for thee when i had almost given up hope i did meet swasti who told me the money lender who who told me of the money lender and i went there he drove a hard bargain but i eventually secured your services why because your philosophy and your enterprise have been my inspiration and it is what made me a free man he said it's megido's philosophy and not mine megido and yours thanks to thee both we are going to damascus you and i and i need you for my partner in a moment you will be a free man so saying this he drew from beneath his robe a clay tablet carrying my title that i belong to aradkula as a slave the same title that was given to the baker from the baker given to the money lender from the money lender given to aradkula this he raised above his head and hurled to break it in a hundred pieces upon cobbled stones with with glee he stamped upon the fragments until they were but dust tears of gratitude filled my eyes i knew i was finally a free man and more importantly i was the luckiest man in babylon work he looked into the eyes of the youth said did it prove to be my best friend my willingness to work enabled me to escape from being sold to join the slave gangs upon the walls it also so impressed thy grandfather he selected me for his partner and made me a free man he asked hadan hadan kula who who all this while was standing there listening to the entire story was work my grandfather's secret key to the golden shekels it was the only key he had when i first knew him my grandfather enjoyed working the gods appreciated his efforts and rewarded him i begin to see said hadan gola speaking finally thoughtfully work attracted his many friends who admired his industry and the success it brought work brought him the honors he enjoyed so much in damascus work brought him all those things i have approved and i thought work was fit only for slaves how foolish was i for that the case i would have been deprived of my greatest pleasure many things do i enjoy but nothing should take the place of work sharunada and hadangula rode in the shadows of the towering walls the massive bronze gates of babylon at their approach the ga- the gate at at their approach to the gate one of the guards jumped to their attention and respectfully saluted the honored citizens something he thought would never happen when he was avoiding this place because of the possibility of him becoming a slave i have always hoped to be a man like my grandfather said hadangula never before did, did i realize just what kind of man he was this thou has shown me i fear i can never repay thee repay thee for giving me the true key to his success from this day forth i shall use this key i shall start humbly as he started which befits my true station far better than jewels and fine robes so saying this the youth who a moment ago was depraying work saying it akin to something only that slaves do 
who protested that his grandfather was never a slave. He was a great man. He heard the story, changed his mind, pulled the jewels from his ears and his rings from his fingers. Then reining his horse, he dropped back and rope and rolled with deep respect behind the leader of the caravan. The lesson was learned. And with this, the important lesson of this chapter reads, make work your best friend. Always prioritize hard work. Do not scoff at it and say that it is only done by the lower rings of the society. Hard work is done at every level, every level. I hope this chapter helped bring some perspective to work. Even though this was recited several years ago, I hope, I hope the listeners learned something as I did. That's it from this episode. That's it from the final episode of this book final chapter of this book, we will do a sort of review to sort of go back and see what we learned in, in the first place. Um, I hope this was helpful. It was a teaching moment for you and for me. If there's any way I can improve, uh, if there's any way I can make this, this podcast, this show, this recital any better, please let me know. With that, I'm out. <laughs>